Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast that every two weeks we watch a new anime. We come together here on this podcast. We talk about it like we're a book club. We turn the comments over to you to carry on the discussion and make it even better than it already was. And that is the premise of the show. We watched Kaguya-sama War is Love. It is a (laughs) romantic comedy psychological well we'll get to that we'll talk about it but let me introduce my co-host first off we have the batman versus my superman jeremy how you doing man pretty good tech savvy i i know that much (laughs) (laughs) what have you been up to um actually uh not a whole lot i think i think we're moving so that has been pretty crazy but i don't look forward to new backgrounds in jeremy's youtube video exactly right yes hopefully it'll be something a little bit more interesting without an an old ratty red couch (laughs) (laughs) thing drives me nuts every time i look (laughs) but uh yeah other than that not not a whole lot so things pretty calm awesome now, this one, I, I got to introduce my other co-host, and I had some trouble with this one. I wanted to do versus, it's like, Freddy versus someone. I couldn't think of anything. So, the Jason. X versus my sever. <laughs> Jason, how are you? X versus sever. I don't... Is that don't like a Wolverine reference? Like a mutant reference? That would be a movie reference starring Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu, and there's a reason you haven't heard of it. It's that bad. <laughs> oh! <laughs> How can, how can you say a movie with Antonio Banderas is bad? Have you not seen Spy Kids? Have you not seen X versus <laughs> Ever? <laughs> I remember Old Sorrow. That wasn't terrible. <laughs> I'm I've, not. Di- I'm not dissing the great Antonio Banderas. I'm just <laughs> this movie. I I've been consumed with the new Path of Exile League, um, mm-hmm. Legion. It's everything Synthesis was not, which means it was. It's amazing. Um. Is synthesis the Don't one? Don't ask actually... him questions. We go over this every time. <laughs> that we're sorry about. <laughs> uh, I won't go over synthesis because that'd take way too long. Uh, this one there's these cool little stones you click on, and an entire army frozen in time appears. Oh and, yeah, I remember that trailer. Yeah, so then you got to bust them out of like, you know, being frozen, depending on which ones you want. And some of them have higher chances of loot, and other ones don't. Um, but the main mechanic is this little piece of currency that you put on a piece of gear and it's called the incubator and the incubator will be like either an item or other currency or um, something else and then like once you get to a particular amount of monsters you get the thing and I think in the owner was saying that basically with all the other leagues people were complaining that oh I've got so much to do and this way you can kind of do it at your own pace right you can engage in the content so okay no, moving on <laughs> Why do you hate me, Troy? Well, look, you can't talk about <laughs> the exact same game for two years. Yes, I can. Such great length. It's amazing. Look, if 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 they have at this point decided they want to check out Path of Exile because they agree with you, they already know this. And if at this point what they haven't really checked out Path of Exile, you're not going to sell it. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> 
So our our Godzilla versus nameless monster host leader, Troy. How are you? <laughs> Why not King Kong? That works. Yeah. No, I was actually literally a title. <laughs> I was looking up different Go- Godzilla movies to try to pick one, but I, I would say Godzilla one. versus Mothra. Mothra. Oh, hey, that's rude. <laughs> hey, now you know how it feels. No, that's so much more hurtful. <laughs> no one wants to be Mothra. No one grew up like, yeah, Mothra. That's why here. All right, I'm good. Um, I watched uh, last week the documentary "Raising Kratos" on YouTube. It's a two-hour documentary on making of God of War, and I am still playing that game. And that game is still fantastic. I caught on to the combat with total Kratos. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's just amazing. The, the acting is amazing. And then watching that documentary about, you know, the time they spent, how many years they put into it, their first showing at E3 and the pressure behind it. And then, you know, getting ready for, for release date. There's way too many bugs. Your logs are just floating through thin air and they're all freaking out. And, and you can tell they have very strong opinions on what the game should be. The, the combat designer and the, and the main head of the project don't seem to always see eye to eye. And man, it was, it was fantastic look into game development and be in the middle of playing that game, seeing how great it is and, and seeing what they went through to make it. Um, it actually gets you a little emotional at the end when they release it and then they go to check their review scores and then they see those review scores and, and, and like they just kind of like break down. Oh my gosh, it's yeah, so good. Cool. It was a really cool documentary and I'm not much of a documentary guy, but okay. <laughs> we should talk about the anime. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, do we? We do. <laughs> we, me and Jeremy do apparently. Right. Right. Also mm. here again for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get complimented. I'm, I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> all right. So, like I said, we watched Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Um, let's give our non-spoiler reviews to let the audience decide if they want to see it, if they haven't followed along with us. Uh, I chose this. I chose this mostly because I didn't really want to do another isekai. There wasn't really anything else that was really interesting to me. Bunny Girl Senpai just isn't grabbing me. So I was like, ah, let's do another comedy. I don't like to do stuff twice in a row, but we'll just do another comedy. It wasn't quite what I thought it would be. I thought it would be more mind games, more plotting, more like D. I thought one character who, who is a maid was going to turn out to be like someone else in disguise. Like that's how far the machinations were going. That's, that's not what this is. This is very, very meet cute puppy love comedy story coming of age and i'm a little old to fully relate to that but it did bring back some pleasant memories from my own you know falling in love when i first met my wife and and, and stuff like that so i enjoyed it some of the comedy bits landed for me some didn't but there's a lot of them in there so you know if one misses it's on to the next so for me it was fine jason yeah how about you um, this, <laughs> the sigh, okay. like you could just cut there and everyone would get it. Yeah. Right. Um, I, th- I, I needed to quantify what bugged me so much about this anime. And I think it kind of boils down to the two main characters. Um, nothing about them is relatable for me. Um, they're both narcissistic, selfish brats. 
that have incredible status and privilege due to not just their own hard work, but also nepotism. Um, and I just, I can't, I can't relate with any of that. And like the hard work, sure. But just being given everything they have and then their one true obstacle to overcome is dominating their other potential love interest, which I know you guys disagree with that premise. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It, I, and for one, I just, I just don't like the young romance stories to begin with. So this, this anime did not hit with me. Yeah, we have a lot to dig into there in the spoiler section, but we're going to wait for it. Well, Jeremy, I think one thing without spoilers, because I do think it's in like the description on Crunchyroll and stuff is that the, the, the male main character, I, I always have trouble with their names, but the male main character actually has no nepotism whatsoever. Like he's a complete commoner that everything is due to hard work. Um, otherwise right. I, I, I do think that your, your criticisms definitely are founded as a point of view. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I forget, I forgot that he's just there due to his hard, hard work ethic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually really, I, I did not expect to enjoy it. I thought, you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, I liked the idea that there would be this great depth of um, psychological combat going on here, but there really isn't. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's cute. But I'll tell you what there is. There's a lot of etchy undercurrents. And sometimes the etchy undercurrents are purely in the way it's written. And it's not even in the drawings. Um, and and it happens quite a bit. Like some of the titles for the way that the episodes are broken up are just hysterical. Like uh, Kaguya wants it. Like <laughs> you don't know. They're, they're left ambiguous enough to let your mind wander. And it's really entertaining, really funny that way. It's very lighthearted. Um I kind of hoped that there was going to be a little bit more twists too. Like one of the characters, I just kept thinking this character has got to be the, the real mastermind behind this. And I kept trying to convince myself and it did not pan out. And I was a little bit sad about that. But if you, if you enjoyed things like uh, dragon maid and maybe like love is hard for otaku or manga artists, comma art, comic artists, assistants, things like that. Um, Somewhere in that vicinity, I think this falls. I, w I would say you'd like it in those cases, but I think Jason's a good example of that not being true. So I, I don't I was think about I to say, two of those animes you named, I am deeply offended at the moment. I know, right? I actually wrote them down. I went back and looked up the names. I'm like, I know Jason likes stuff like this. I got to point it out. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, that you would give this a shot. Uh, Troy didn't give you a choice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so busy, Troy. I, I can't make it for this one. <laughs> and I'm glad I stuck with it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, before we go into our spoiler section, how about the opening and the closing? What did you guys think of those? Yeah. I hated both of them. I liked the outro. It was the nice. Outro, outro was middle of the road, a little under middle of the road, but I couldn't stand the beginning. I skipped it, was, it every it was, time after the first one. I like the art for it, but it was the music's not really up my alley. I didn't uh, like it. I absolutely love the intro. I I think the, the you music, would well the music is really <laughs> upbeat, like sixties jazz lounge singer almost, and then the visual style. To be honest, I'm almost sure this is like a James Bond motif going on because they have like this 70s music and then and then the folding characters and, and the kaleidoscope of visuals. 
uh, as as the action centers around it. Um, for most, that's a great thing. <laughs> for most, uh, the endings actually. I mean, it was fine, and I got. I like the music for the ending. The art, yeah. Nah. And and I got what they're alluding to, like you know, she's in a blimp. He's like basically in a paper airplane, and, and the yeah. others are in a, in a engine plane. But I was kind of like, I don't really get the symbolism of why she's growing wings, why she needed to grab a rifle to just jump out of a thing. Um, I didn't quite fully understand all the symbolism of the ending. No. Uh, we should also talk about the special ending uh, in oh, episode, yeah, three. episode three. Uh, it has a <laughs> special credit scene. Uh, of a a song and dance that has to be rotoscoped, yeah. I think, because of the detail they had. I, I'm pretty sure they used a, a live actress and then just drew over it, uh, and and it's adorable. <laughs> like that that I was like, okay, you can stick around, anime. <laughs> I was having a hard time in the first three episodes. That scene <laughs> was kind of a turning point for me. Really? Hmm. I thought, was, I thought it was good. I mean, it was. It was cute, but I mean, it wasn't something that would make me watch this anime. <laughs> it, it redeemed the first three episodes. <laughs> it, it made me. It made me like, oh, okay, you're willing to do some weird, risky stuff. And, and there are other stuff that started redeeming the anime. It wasn't like just this, and then yeah. on one, it was a 180, or I just suddenly started getting the humor, the the characters and stuff. I think kind of grew. Up. All right, let's go into our spoiler section. So from everything out, we're going to explain or over explain the jokes that that you definitely need to know. We talked about this last week. We are going to ruin these jokes if you haven't heard them and definitely ruin them. So if you have not seen this before, from here on, everything's going to be spoiled. Please go check it out if you are interested. And if you're okay with it being spoiled, then feel free to stick with us. Okay, we um, I want to start with talking about the premise because in the first two episodes, we actually get the narrator telling us about the premise, which is that, you know, when someone in a, re- a new relationship confesses their feelings to the other one, that is, establishes a hierarchy in that relationship. And whoever was confessed to will always be the dominant one and the winner of the relationship. Um, not only do I think that is flimsy as hell in real life, uh, <laughs> It, it it didn't work for me at all in this anime. And I also don't think it holds true to the characters in this anime at all. So I, I do think that it is a thing, but that thing is called codependence. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> relationship and you don't want it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I loved seeing the narrator describe it. I loved the way that they made the visuals to, to like lead you up to everybody celebrating in the crowd. And then like this broken present on the ground <laughs> and the scene changes. And Oh, it was great. I really enjoyed the presentation of it. Um, but I, yeah, I agree that to me, that was not where they went with this. This was a pretty, pretty cut and dry fear of rejection is what I saw over and over and over again. And, um, and maybe just a misperception of that as, you know, if you're rejected, then clearly the other person has dominance. Um, so I, I like, I like it much better thinking of it as that fear of rejection anyways, mm-hmm. even if it's not, I liked it better that way. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get that. Um, and we'll get it more into why, I mean, with all the different scenes of, basically stopping themselves from saying something that could be construed as a confession uh, because they wanted the other person to do it first. Um, And also this, 
this terrible, <laughs> just codependent like narration of, you know, if if you if you express your feelings, you're now the servant of the relationship. Uh, was a huge turnoff for me. I had a really tough time with this anime. Yeah, I actually think it's one of my big problems in, in the first few episodes was that I was taking that at face value of, you know, that and that, that that's how they were thinking. And I agree with Jeremy. I don't think that is what they are really thinking. Um, I, I can't even really think of times when they said that out loud to themselves. Like, I don't want to be dominated, so I must not confess. Um, the narrator says it a lot. Yeah, the closest thing I can think of is that there are times when one of them is like figuring out that, oh, this tell must mean that they like me. So I can't say that I like them because I have to get them to admit it. That's the closest thing I could think of as an indicator that they know the other person likes them, but they're establishing dominance by making them yeah. say it first. Yeah, they're definitely, I mean, there's definitely a, I that have happened to literally it. over and over and over again. That, that situation you just described, Jeremy, nearly every episode had that I, particular situation. I, I think I remember a few episodes where they openly admitted internally that the other person that they figured out that the other person liked them, but they doubted it by the end. And they were always questioning whether or not they were accurate. And I remember that most of the time when they had this inner dialogue, they were more concerned about whether they revealed their feelings than they were of, you know, knowing that the other person liked them like it was more of a i've got to get them to say it to prove that they do not because i know that they do and you're absolutely right they never did they say oh i don't want them to dominate me like that that was never an implied uh thing that happened but with the constant i need to check the things i say because i don't want to confess because i want them to first and the narrator constantly saying win loss uh, dominance. Yeah. The narrator that's definitely. Why, that's why it never sold me on this uh, wholesale uh, theme of rejection. I can see there were quite a few scenes of fear of rejection, but that just wasn't what was it wasn't the theme that I got. Yeah, it seems like if there was no fear of rejection, they'd be more concerned. They would be less concerned about what the other person thought of them because they'd have confidence that the other person liked them and it was just a game. But the fact that there was so much fear evident because they kept thinking, oh, man, he kept getting this image in his mind of her looking down at him with these empty eyes saying, so cute. cute. Yeah. yeah. And like that is a lack of confidence. And that seems out of place if you are just trying to dominate someone, you know that they like you. That, that's exactly what I saw was every time, every time he want, he had like this plan or was worried that something was going to go wrong. He saw her looking down at him and being like, how cute. And then his value in her eyes going down and that had nothing to do with, I lost the game or I won't get dominance back. It was, she won't like me anymore. She'll think less of me. I got the think less of me, but I didn't think it, it, it never for me. It didn't give the impression that she wouldn't like him. Uh, it gave the impression that, oh, you're confessing your love to me. Therefore, now I am the dominant. I am the superior one in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because every time she said how cute, it's usually this overburdened, you know, just kind of dark and dim. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how cute. You're my slave now. That's what I got out of it. Interesting. So it sounds like you really like followed the face value of what the narrator was saying. Like this, these guys are in the battle that we see in the intro 
I can see that. That would make sense. Like that is definitely one way to look at it. Uh, thoughts on the narrator himself? Irritating. Uh, mm. I loved him. <laughs> I thought he was great. I loved it, especially when he would say, "He's lying. She's lying." <laughs> they reminded me of the last anime we saw, right? Double Decker, where the narrator would sometimes tell you, "No, yeah. this guy's an idiot. He doesn't. <laughs> he's wrong." <laughs> And I thought there was some really good timing in that. It, it's not a fair one-to-one comparison because I watched the last anime in the English dub, but I definitely love the narrator in the Double Decker more than I like this narrator. I think this one wasn't quite as uh, active. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially in the first couple of episodes. Like I said, the first couple of episodes, I was having some trouble with this. And I, I was like, I felt he was over-explaining things that were obvious. Um, and I got that was also part of the joke, but He'd be like, oh, when a girl asks this, then that would mean this. I'm like, yeah, well, every, everybody would, would be, have been able to figure that out from what we just saw. <laughs> like the visual clues were all there. We're not we're not dumb, narrator. Thanks, though. <laughs> so there was a couple of times I was like, uh. but after the first couple of episodes, I just kind of let it go. And he had some good lines in it. But like I said, it just it wasn't as fun or as funny as Double Decker to me. Mm hmm. Okay, so now we can go in and talk about the actual story itself. Um, we're dealing with a prestigious academy where the best of the best of the best go to, the rich people, the elites, and the school president and the vice president of the student council are considered some of the top of these school children. Um, what are they, 15? 14. Yeah, they're, they're 17. Yeah, they're 17. I thought they were <laughs> okay. Um, okay. The, I, no, I, had to, I had to reassemble some points for later mm -hmm. on now. Um, yeah, so we meet these two characters and we're going to talk about the vice president first. She comes from a very rich, prestigious family who owns like train, uh, train systems throughout Japan. Uh, she, but not only that, she is like the best in music. She has all these accolades, all these things, um, and she's number two ranked student in the school. And this is Kaguya, who is really, and I actually love that it's not, I mean, it should be obvious. Her name is the, the first part of the title. <laughs> but, you know, this story is like, hey, it's about these two people. But this is really her story um, more than anything. So what did you guys think of Kaguya and her and how this anime was her story? Um, I found her insufferable. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> as uh, for you on for those of you on YouTube, uh, I I nearly made Jeremy choke on his drink. Um, spit take. <laughs> I the the nepotism is palpable. Um, but then they try and weave this life of absolute luxury where she's driven around. She has multiple like security guards. She has a maid into this poor me story of how I can't find love. And I'm just kind of grossed out by it. I, I think it's really interesting whenever you get a, I don't know. I think I would call it a fairly in-depth presentation of the character. I mean, just because of the number of episodes and the interesting exploration of her as a person. And 
with somebody who is in the situation that she's in, um, coming from money and having not only to have the benefits that that entails, you know, of the opportunity and the education. And in her case, also, apparently she just has a lot of natural talents that comes from her bloodline too, because, you know, they do point out that she is naturally very capable. Um, but also with money comes a lot of restrictions and you get to see that in the latter parts of, of the anime, especially the last episode. And I think that's something that I've seen touched on a few times in different shows. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know I've seen it <laughs> where you have royalty or other people who, you know, they, yes, they have luxury, but at the same time they have responsibility. And so there are restrictions imposed upon them of where they can be, how much time is theirs to decide what to do with and whether or not they even have the freedom to make certain decisions. Sometimes they just don't. And that can kind of screw with a person's development um, as much as anything else can. It just screws with it in a specific way. Uh, and so with her, it was interesting to, for me, it kind of factored in as, this is, these are some of the flaws in her personality, the way that she's behaving. Um, again, to just mention the last episode, we get to see very, very tiny indicators of kind of flashbacks of what her um, youth was like when she was even younger. And we're able to see what kind of an impact that that must have had on her emotionally. So I, I kind of give her a little bit of a pass when it comes to how obnoxious and, and entitled and self-assured that she is um, because she has all that baggage that she's carrying forward. And and for that reason, um, I did kind of find her interesting, especially when we got to hear things from characters like Chica who would talk about what she was like when she first joined and there's a couple other times too. And seeing that this is her in like the middle of a stage of development from kind of a, a broken person who has had to make certain concessions in her personality just to deal with where she came from. Um, becoming socialized in this environment. And yeah, so I, I didn't mind her and I kind of enjoyed her, her innocence and everything too. Uh, so Jeremy in much, much better ways than I could pretty much said everything I was thinking. Um, what well, one thing I wanted to add was that I, I noticed there's, there's a little bit of an underlying theme in this anime about social and class and, and hierarchy and stuff like that. And that, Kaguya is very much presented as being rich and being elite are not really pros to her personality. She is whiny. She is bratty. She is mm -hmm. presumptuous. Um, and, and like you, Jeremy pointed out, we find out that she was much, much worse before this anime started. We're, you, you, you nailed it right on the head. We're in the middle point of her development. And she, um, there's a scene in here where she has a fantasy about being accepted into the boy's family and it really struck me as odd because like she's living in a huge mansion with a maid and stuff and her daydream is to get accepted into this poor family um that has to work really hard just to get their boy into this school you know and and that's her daydream that's her fantasy um yeah there is a little bit of like you're rich you have everything woe is you how why would i care about you but i i think that this anime is pointing out like you know rich people don't have it as good they um, you know, that, that, that's not what people should be striving for. That's not where real value is. And I think it uses Kaguya to show that. Um, I thought her presentation was really good because you do think of her in the beginning as like, wow, that's kind of a huge brat. 
And then as it goes on, you're like, well, there's there's very much a reason for that. And she's trying to move past that with struggles. Yeah. So in conclusion, Jason is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Um, no, you're no, not. I, I'm actually mad at Jeremy because because like I, I just kept ticking off boxes of stuff I was going to say. He's like, well, he's putting that really well. I was just going to like kind of blurt stuff. All just right, that's dealing it all. <laughs> um. How, how about Mayuki? And before anyone steals it, I just want to call. <laughs> I loved his character design and, and the lines that are always under his eyes because he works so hard. And, and they point out he's always tired. You know, he's working jobs and going to school and has to study harder than everybody else. And so they always draw him with these like tired lines under his eyes. And I really, really enjoyed how that represents his character. Okay, now you guys can take all this. <laughs> um. Besides the, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't bug me too much, but just the, he works so hard and he's got so much confidence in all these different areas and he can't seem to uh, let go of this contest of, uh, that, you know, maybe it is just a fear of rejection. And I'm looking too much into it, but it just, it seems like a contest of, uh, she's going to profess her love to me first. Do, do you uh, think he actually loves her? Do you think they actually lo- care about each other? Oh, I think they both like each other. Like about as much love as teenagers can have before they've, you know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely them. like a puppy love, but I do yeah. think there is honest affection and care there. So. So I, I guess when you say like why he doesn't just let the contest go, are you saying why did he just confess and and move on right. and like start the relationship? Okay, then yeah, 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 that's what you meant, All right? Um, which like you know, looking at it, yeah, that he he's got better options for one, and <laughs> uh, he's yeah, he's so busy. I don't know why he would. Uh, of course, of course, someone that age would want a relationship, but it's like you've got so much in your life. Why do you think a relationship is a good thing for <laughs> your plate? Um, but yeah, it, I don't have a ton of bad things to say about him. I just didn't find him as a, a relatable character in his attitude. Um, for me, he was interesting, but he was more of, um, like the other half of the joke, the other half of the story, um, which was fine. Um, you know, he needed to be there for that. I didn't actually even think about the fact that, <laughs> that the anime was called Kaguya. <laughs> so it never clicked for me, like which one was the main character. And so I was like, oh, as a team, they're a main character. All right, sure. But when you mentioned at the beginning of this, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> oh, man, it makes so much sense now. But, um, you know, I, I found him admirable for his, his work ethic. Fantastic. Um, but at the same time, his obliviousness and also his fake it till you make it approach to problems that he didn't have an answer for. I really enjoyed watching him try to problem solve those. Um, but otherwise, there, there wasn't anything really spectacular or noteworthy about him for me. I ended up finding myself 
relating to this character really hard. <laughs> Though, except for the work ethic. I, I'm a very, very lazy person. <laughs> so that, that didn't, well, um, just not his best quality. <laughs> <laughs> Watching two people fall in love. I've said before when we talked about love is hard for otaku that it, it's not as interesting as like the, you know, after that first mm-hmm. interaction and then how do you develop there? How do you, how do you learn how to fart in front of someone and how, how often do you do it? You know, that's the thing that has to be figured out in a relationship. And that's really interesting. That's not really explored. So it, the idea of them falling in love isn't the most interesting concept, but I saw a lot of my early relationships there. And I remember holding hands with a girl I really liked and her holding my hand and um, watching movies. And then I went home like, nah, she doesn't actually like me. And then she, she was like, well, if he's holding my hand and he's not, doing anything about it maybe i'm reading it wrong maybe he's gay i don't know Uh, (laughs) so i get like hey this is super obvious and just do the obvious thing and do what you both want and not having the Mm self-confidence to take that step i've been in that shoes Mm -hmm. so a lot of the jokes of him at when he hit that when he has that i'll do this and i'll look like an idiot and she'll just look down on me i was like i've I feel that. <laughs> like, I remember that. It was, you know, seven, 19 years ago, 19 years ago to the day when me and my wife started dating. But <laughs> it's been a while. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I liked Mayuki. And, and like I said, with the characters of a guy who's working really hard to be where he is, it's such a contrast to, you know, the princess in the high tower. And then there's this salt of the earth guy who works hard to be there anyway. I, I do really like the fact that his work ethic and naturally also his intellect, you know, the work ethic by itself probably wouldn't have been enough, but he also was intelligent enough to make the best of that work ethic, actually let him be number one. Like he actually got above her. Mm-hmm. And, and that was pretty cool to see as well is that, you know, the main character doesn't happen to be you know, the number one student and the person that has all these other advantages uh, and benefits, they don't happen to be the number one student. There's even a point in the, in the anime where she tries really hard and he still beats her. Yeah. And, and you're like, okay, yeah, he earned that. That was really cool. So, so I have a bit of a question. This kind of actually bugged me about the anime is that when it comes to the academics, uh, we see that Mayuki works very hard, studies very hard, has to do all this prep to achieve. Whereas Kaguya is very much, naturally gifted in everything she does everything comes easy and so she still works hard to try to to get number one but you know doesn't have to put in as much effort everything's natural for her but when it comes to the relationship battle um kaguya does tons of prep and and strategizing and planning whereas mayuki's more on on his toes and in the in the moment fly decision making in their battles and i kind of thought that was weird that that flips so hard do you guys have any thoughts on that? Whether, whether they mess it up and it's not consistent, or is it just interesting that when it comes to social, that changes? I do have a thought on that, and that's in regards to how I, I think she would have succeeded many times. I, I think that her plan was going to work, like in the first episode with the movie tickets. I think it was going to work. And I think there were several other times where she corners him, and she openly complains, and the narrator even points out, there is a chaos element. 
named Chica. And <laughs> we'll get to it in a sec. Yeah. yeah. And, and this chaos element keeps intervening and causing problems so that her plans fail. So it's not necessarily that he actually succeeds in defeating her plans without help. Sometimes, sometimes he does, but sometimes chaos actually intervenes to protect him. Um, so I do think you're right that it's kind of a little bit silly that all of her plans and everything fail when in actuality she's putting so much effort into it and he is just reacting spur of the moment. Um, yeah, but I don't know. There's, I guess I could try to justify it by saying that he is spending all this time trying to figure her out. He does make a statement in the last episode about, you know, figure out what you've done, figure out where you went. That's easy. I've known you for this long. So maybe he's spending all this time studying her, which would allow him to counter her moves. Mm. I don't know. Jason, is that, is that deeper than you want to go? <laughs> come uh, on, teen romance, Jason, come on. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was to contrast by the writers. Mm. Okay. That works. Um, Speaking of that first episode, like you said, we we're both introduced to the concept of they've been sitting around each other for about six months now in in this club uh, and having no movement towards a relationship. There is a scene where you see both of them look at each other, look at the other one and go, I mean, if she asked me to date her or asked me to date him, I guess I would not like I care, but I would. Uh, and when I first saw that scene, I was like, oh, that's kind of lame that that's as close as we're going to get to actual feelings. Um, but then I realized that these guys are habitual liars, not only to each other and everyone around them, yes. but very much to themselves. They very much are self-deceiving all, all the time. This is a, a deception full anime. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, then we go on to the, the, um, the movie ticket that you mentioned. And it's because the secretary of the student council Chica has movie tickets to give them. So let's stop and talk about probably the best girl <laughs> in the hearts of many, Chica, like the element of chaos in their battles. <laughs> what do you think of Chica, Jason? Um, I, she was probably the only character I could kind of grab onto in this story, uh, because of the one, she's got the typical anime girl, like, persona about her so it was easy to grab onto her that way um but also <laughs> is okay. phrasing not a thing anymore <laughs> <laughs> hold on to no uh <laughs> use it never mind um box those things like sugar ray leonard <laughs> <laughs> um I, I just i don't want to use the word relatable because she wasn't um <laughs> but, I want you to though. I want you to say you related <laughs> to Chica. I did not. Um, but yeah, she. I, I think I liked watching her because it. She did. She was that chaos element. Um, just ditzy enough that she didn't get what was going on, but also way smarter than everyone around her gave her credit for, and also much more reasonable. Uh, when it because she would walk into a situation, she'd see. Well, I have this piece of information, this piece of information, and that. Well, here's the answer. And it was right every time. <laughs> in, in fact, pro probably one of the more, more adorable scenes is when they're fighting over the cake and she comes in and she just eats it. <laughs> like, yeah. like that was, that was adorable. Um, 
but yeah so i as far as a as a character i liked in this anime chica was it <laughs> chica of the uh the ramen kings <laughs> um yeah i absolutely loved chica as a character and i think probably one of my favorite scenes that exemplifies why I think she was fantastic was just the simple act of in the last episode, they're like, they're dusting the, the, the main student council room and everything is, is going on about this big heated moment. And it's, there's so much important stuff taking place. And he's just, the, the main guy character is just beating the duster against the wall. <laughs> and I'm thinking, cause I've, you know, I've, I've cleaned for a few years. Um, I'm thinking, man, that's not, you don't do that. <laughs> You're going to have a dust cloud there and nobody else is reacting to it. And then it just shows Chica right next to him. And she's just coughing and hacking as she walks off screen. And to me, that was just great because it's like, she's reacting to the things that are, that are wrong to the things that, that the mistakes that the characters are, that are so amazing. And they're so wonderful. The things that they're screwing up on and the things that the anime isn't even necessarily pointing out, she's catching. And, and it's always right there on the side. It's not right in front of your face. It's like this little extra serving on the side of, of a little bit of extra funny. Um, and so she was, she was great for that reason. And also just like Jason said, she was often the solution to, um, whatever the problems were. And she did it in a cute, comical, um, very sensible way. Another thing for me was that I really hoped that she was a mastermind and she was going to eventually hook them up. I kept seeing these signs indicating that like, oh yeah, she's the chaos element. Sure. Yeah. Um, and they kept having her come in and she'd like, she'd ruin situations where uh, Kaguya's plans should have worked or she would, you know, solve problems when they were just about to to reach a point where maybe the relationship would start. And I was thinking, oh, it's not time yet. They're not ready. She's she's making sure that they don't get into the relationship. They, they prolong this. Um, but yeah, that did not turn out to be <laughs> her role at all. No. I, when, when I first saw Chica, I'm like, okay, here's your stereotypical dumb girl anime uh, character. And she's not. She is not dumb at all, which was quite surprising because at first that's how she kind of comes across um but then i was having trouble like how is she completely missing everything <laughs> like even the other character in the room is like something is going on and he's aware she's completely missing it. but it, it clicked in and kind of reconciled the character for me and then from then i was able to enjoy her uh she's completely self-centered you know, yes. when there's one last piece of cake, that is her Chica's piece of cake. <laughs> when there is one dumpling left, that is her dumpling. Uh, and the best scene is when they're like, uh, she's, she's like, they're making plans and she's like, Oh, I can't. I have to go. I'm going on a trip. And they're like, Well, we're still going to do it. She's like, What? You can't do a thing without me. Uh, cause yeah, Chica doesn't understand that things don't revolve around Chica. Um, there is also a little bit of she is naive and honest. She doesn't understand that people would lie and, and deceive to trick stuff around. She does like to get involved in relationships, but I think she does that for Chica, not for the relationships. I think she enjoys the role of matchmaker, but she needs someone to tell her that that's happening. Kind of makes sense because I mean, her parents are diplomats, right? <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> okay. So we come back to this movie ticket scene. Um, we find out that Chica won them, but it's actually Kaguya made her win and get these tickets so that he, uh, Miyuki would have to ask her out. 
And he's trying to figure out how to not ask her and be like, hey, we should like go. I, I guess who would go? <laughs> and she she starts cornering him and getting him ready to to ask. But then Chica points out, like, you guys could also just see a different movie. You don't have to go to this romantic one. And so um, then she takes their last steam bun and leaves. Yeah. And Which, of course, they needed the sugar, so they fall down. <laughs> Which is classic how this works out. Like, oh, my God, there's no way out of this situation. One of us has to break. And then she could, you know, introducing a third option that's like, there's totally a way around this and not realizing she has done that. Um, the next one is that Kaguya gets a love letter in her locker. And she doesn't actually care, but she comes in and acts like she's in true love to make <laughs> Mayuki have to act on it. Uh, he then uses the method of tattletailing to the teacher if she would do such a thing, because that kind of stuff is frowned upon in the school. That seems to be doing it all the time. Um, <laughs> and it would would work, except for, again, Chica freaks out that Kagi is going to get expelled and so refuses to let her answer the letter. Good old Chica. Good old Chica. Uh, and then the last one... Also, I, I'm not a huge fan of the anime let's do three mini stories. It kind of works in the fact that like if one doesn't land, you can just move on. But I think I prefer like the longer form stories. Like the last episode I liked a lot more than Yeah, I would get through about halfway through the second story arc and I'm just like, that's almost over. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually really worried that this episodic nature would not yield a good overarching story. But I, I did see enough development to be satisfied in the end. Yeah, I'll say, I, I mean, I cared about the characters by the end. So, was, I mean, it had to have done something right. Mm. Um, and then the next one is the lunch boxes. Uh, <laughs> the, Mayuki brings his homemade lunch in, and, and it's, you know, the classic Japanese lunch box with, the, you know, the octopus wieners and all the food he made himself. And she really wants to have a bite. And, you know, I he think can't. It- I think in subtitles, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something very close to, um, I, I want the, I want the wiener with tentacles or something like that. <laughs> I read that and I, I swear, I'm like, this anime, this anime knows what it's doing with its writing. It's being very, yes, yes it, it uses very, very specific phrasing. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, I don't think it's got a dub, right? No. I, I watched them some. I saw yeah, same it here. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that. It was cracking me up so bad whenever it would do something like that. The The conflict of this bit is that she wants to ask for a bite of his food, but can't. So she's scoffing at it in his eyes. So then he's trying to make it more appealing. Like, oh, and I brought the miso soup. And, and of course, Chica is taking bites. <laughs> and so and, uh, Kaguya is like, she's dead to me. This is not a friend. This is an enemy. <laughs> this is a problem. Uh, There's actually multiple times that that was. She just writes off Chica as a person yeah. like you're not alive to me anymore. <laughs> yep. Um. And then so like the next day she brings like a big old fancy lunch that she had her chefs prepare and she's like, hey, you should we should trade. And he's like, she thinks I am going to eat that. And oh, she's looking down on me. She thinks I'm just this poor country boy. No, I'm eating my food and she won't trade. And like. <laughs> Then he also made a lunch for Chica because she asked. And so, again, Kagi gets really mad. Um, <laughs> and then they make him run out somehow. Like, they, she f- gets to the point where he just, like, freaks out, panics, and runs out of the room. And then Chica shares a bite of, of her lunch. So she yep. gets to eat the wiener. 
Yep. <laughs> the tentacled. Wiener. The tentacled wiener. Tentacled wiener. Her favorite. Um, uh, then, okay, so we have the next episode, we have another bit. This one is about Mayuki gets his very first smartphone. <laughs> we find out that this was all Kaguya's manipulation. Like, she had employees su- subtly mentioning he needs a phone, so he'd buy this the smartphone and also he has the line app so she could get his social media um and and he he wants her to ask him for his the address she wants him to ask her so he posts a picture of himself as a child as his profile pic and of course she wants to see that he's like oh, i'm just gonna take this down in like three minutes <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't understand this so she uses the most powerful weapon she has, which is fake crying. Uh, so then a woman's he, most powerful. <laughs> he gives in and shows his picture. And um, then Chica points out like, hey, her phone can't have this app. Why is this a thing? <laughs> so, which is as much as Kakuya plans, like there's usually something she overlooks. <laughs> and like the fact she has such an old phone. Um, but they do share text messages and this actually is important to the story further down the road that they have a way to contact each other even though they rarely do um then the next one is the planning the trip for summer which is a little ways away but um you know they want they both want to do something romantic to get the other one he wants to go to the mountains he thinks that you know under the stars she'll definitely confess she's like i'm gonna take him to the ocean put me in a swimsuit he'll confess he can't swim so he starts freaking out. Then she points out that mountains have bugs, which he also freaks out about. So that I could relate with. <laughs> but then she realizes that they wouldn't be the only ones at the beach. Chica she, would be there. And the weakness Chica in her plan. <laughs> brings some assets to the beach with her. Yeah, she's like, I need a new one because I won't fit my, <laughs> yeah. my current ones. What do they call it? Like a tank class? <laughs> yes, yes. A tank class. Oh God, this is this. I was thinking about this when you were talking about the James Bond intro, because like you get the, the James Bond looking through the barrel of the gun at her body silhouette and she shoots like this little tiny pee of a bullet over at basically what's supposed to be a stand in for Chica that just kind of like boom hits it with its chest. I was cracking up. I had Tanya watch this scene and, and she scoffed at it. <laughs> so I knew it was good as she should. Yes. And- and then Chica's like, yeah, let's go to the mountains and we'll go to the haunted, creepy mountain in Japan. And they're like, that's weird. Let's not decide today. <laughs> um, and then so there's there's this running theme about this other couple that get together. It starts here where Mayuki is asked for romantic advice. Now, we're told by the narrator he doesn't have any romantic experience. He's never had a girlfriend. He's never had any. That's literally why everything's going so bad for him but he's like yep i'm totally gonna do this and um the the guy's like she gave me these really crappy chocolates he's like that's a good sign and kagi is outside the door like that is not a good sign (laughs) and then the guy points out like she she was making fun of fun of me in front of my friends or in front of her friends i mean he's like that's also a good sign (laughs) I love this because he's like, here's what they were really saying. And like, yeah. it would play the girl saying her line in her own voice with her own, like, I don't think, yeah, it did have subtitles for what the girl said. And then it would have him doing the voice of the girl with the subtitle of some nicer way that it could be interpreted. <laughs> Absolutely loved that entire sequence. Uh, so in, in, while this, he's giving this bad advice, uh, 
Kaguya is hiding behind the student council door on the outside, and he goes to show like how you get a girl <laughs> to be your girlfriend. He like slams his hand against the door and like pretends to lean in close and con- confess to her, uh, and, and she freaks out like th- this is actually happening. That well, was she's also the- standing right behind the door when he slams <laughs> the door. Right. Well, so it has its effect because the whole point is like slam your hand, put him off guard, which is a little creepy, but (laughs) it it kind of points that out too. But uh, reminds me of like 60s, 1960s. Yeah. Um, this is the first time I was like, Oh, this isn't just them being like, yeah, if that person dated me, I could have control over them and that'd be cool. It was like, Oh, this is. There are legitimate feelings here. The way she blushes, the way she she reacts to this was was cute. I thought it was cute, Jason. Things can be cute. Sure. Okay. Slap a, slap a dragon tail on it, and we're good, though. <laughs> it's a deep pull. Yep. <laughs> That's what he. Never mind. Oh. Um. Crazy enough. This works, and the guy gets. The, they start dating. Like I said, they they will come up again, but uh, yeah. Um, and the next one, which which one is this? Oh, they they, they student council has confiscated a lewd magazine. This was great <laughs> with a love quiz in it. Um, and they they are talking about how it says how many people their age have done it. And Kaguya is like, oh, my God, you guys haven't done it. Of course, I've done it. And, and they done it with my nephew. Yeah, I've done it with my nephew. Chica, I'm sure, has done it with her dog. You've <laughs> probably done it with your sister. Uh, and they're, like, freaking out, losing their minds. Chica and Mayuki are, like, losing it. And Kaguya's like, oh, I have some control here. Oh, things are working. <laughs> so she's, like, turning into it and going further. And then uh, Chica has to pull her aside and explain to her that doing it does not just mean giving someone a kiss. It is doing it. And um, we find out that poor Kaguya has received very little in the way of adult education. Basically on the wall, it says, says you'll kiss and then the man will tell you all the rest. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that's how her dad or her teacher or whoever wrote that got out of explaining it. Poor Mayuki nearly has a heart attack in this scene. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, then this one I I like because this is actually one of the ones where you kind of see a lot more about Kaguya. This is Mayuki and Kaguya are alone in the student council room late in the evening. And they have this is one of the first conversations where they talk about like how much Kaguya has already changed. When she first joined the student council, she was cold. She was, you know, mean to everybody. She looked down on everybody. And, you know, we, we kind of start learning that she is working really hard to change that and really dislikes that she was that way. Um, and it has since joining the student council has made big strides in changing. They talk about it, but then they decide to test how much he knows about her with a game of 20 questions but he only gets 10 because, you know, they're geniuses and stuff. And she uses it as a trap. Basically, she's like, it's something I like. And and so he's asking all these questions, and it's all pointing to him. It's all him. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this is the confession. I got it. And then he realized, no, that's not how this works. And she's just thinking of a dog that also would have worked for me. Um, Do you think it? 
do you think that she had planned for it to go either way? Like if he picked him, she'd say, or because there's no way that she would be willing to let that be the moment that she admits that she likes him, but she looked so nervous. No, I, I think no matter. No, I think they're looking nervous was part of the strategy. I think it was always going to be dog. And then if he says it's me, she's like, would you want it? To be you? Yeah, I, Is that, I think that's the play there. I can see that. Yeah, I, I I think even before this, we've seen her like do the oh I'm so blushing and shy move to to manipulate him. That <laughs> is true. It's a go to. <laughs> yep. Um, but he does get out of the trap, and they're both disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how the narrator always tallies the score at the end, and it's always a silly score. <laughs> yeah, he won, kind of. Basically. <laughs> Yep. Um, I also love how Jason's, I don't know, are you deliberately not cracking a smile for so long? It's like we're tickling them with a no effect. I know. No, I'm just, I'm looking back on these moments and just remembering how irritating it was to watch it. I feel like um, I'm getting glared at through my monitor. <laughs> to be honest, I... These first three, I I hardly chuckled at. I was yeah, like, I, "Oh I, no, I, what have, what have I done? <laughs> what have I picked?" If <laughs> I'm having a hard time with what is Jeremy and Jason gonna have to do, especially <laughs> Jason, because we did just come off a of comedy. I knew right. picking another comedy was probably gonna put Jason through this again. It did, um, and I, I was a bit worried about that. But um, yeah, I just I don't know the the jokes weren't landing for me. I mean, I knew I didn't know it was dog, but I just, I knew it wasn't going to be him. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. Well, we can move on. <laughs> I just, just putting it out there. Super high rated on, on my anime list. Yeah. And yeah. Crunchy rolls got a night of 4.9 out of five. I mean, yeah, this was a, this was a big hit. Um, yeah. It's great with uh, the teenagers. <laughs> And some, and some 30. <laughs> and mother, Mother's Basement gave it. I, I haven't watched his, his full episode yet, but I know he, he put out a video on this and he doesn't do that for ones he really hates. I'll have to, uh, unless it's Sword Art Online. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> he loves the crap all over Sword Art Online. Um, the, the next one is about Kaguya, her, her car. Uh, she, she has to walk to school that day because it, had car issues. Now she, the, this kind of emphasizes that she is super overprotected, um, not allowed freedom. And so this is like the first time ever she's gotten to walk to school and she wants to use it to meet Mayuki on the way and walk with him to school. Unfortunately, she runs into a little crying girl and helps her get to school. Um, but gets lost in the meantime, but manages to accidentally run across Mayuki who's late for school on his bike. And he gives her a ride all the way in. So it ends up a good day for her. Man, their dexterity and balance just is stunning. Like, he's riding his bicycle and she's literally just sitting on the back, unsecured, completely. I was, I was curious about that scene as well, but. Uh huh. How? How? Oh my gosh. Maybe he was just being super careful because of how much he loves her. That could be it. Or he's, he's trained really hard. On the bike. For this moment, because he knew someday this okay. might happen. 
I mean, I don't know why anyone would put that much thought into that <laughs> scene, but all right. I did think that this this episode, this particular little snippet, was very good in developing her personality because she got to actually do something that wasn't required. It was out of her way. It was just an entirely altruistic action, and she wasn't inclined to do it initially. Yeah, she walks past the child and then finally comes back like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit of character development for her. Um, and then at the end of this episode is the Chica Beetle Go Back to the Woods song. I don't know what she was saying, but I don't either. Right? I even tried looking up lyrics and I couldn't find any. It was just Chica, 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 Chica. She sings her own name a lot. Dance is fantastic. I have watched it a couple times on YouTube since I watched this episode. I also like the way, um, because the, the other scene ends with them, you know, rushing to get to school and being late. And then this goes right into Chica being alone in the student council. And I like the idea that when, if Chica's left alone in the student council, she just like starts having awesome music videos or something. That's great. <laughs> I think actually. Now that you mentioned that, it probably would have been more endearing if she like came at the camera and like leaned over as if she was turning it off. That <laughs> like she was, she was recording herself. I think that would have been really, really adorable. I, I would have liked that a lot. But she was sending a, like, there was a purpose to her song. Like it had intent because of the Beatle. <laughs> I don't get it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so this was the first segment that I actually started chuckling uh this is the cat ears one so they're they're basically this whole episode is set up for a a party of french students who are coming to visit the school and so the student council is in charge of a lot of that and one of the things they want to do is cosplay so kaguya comes in wearing cat ears that she could put on her mayuki cannot handle the cuteness (laughs) he starts freaking out and so um like he's He's avoiding eye contact, and anytime he looks at her, he has to like harden his face into this glare of like, "Don't love it so much." Yes, and then it happens in reverse. Chica puts cat ears on Mayuki, and then says that it looks dumb, but but Kagi is having the same problem. And then Chica wants to take their picture, and so they're like moving closer to each other for the picture, but their faces are so set to not reveal their inner feelings that they're just like. And Chica's like, you guys are freaking out. What is going on here? And then Didn't she call them scary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know <clears throat> confiscates their cat ears. No more cat ears in the office. <laughs> yep. That 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 made me chuckle. Because that it wasn't really about the, the the dynamic of beating each other. It was the oh my god, I'm not ready for these feelings to just come flushing out, and and I like her so much, I can't handle what I'm seeing in front of me. And that was appealing to me more than what I've seen in the first three episodes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't. (laughs) You probably hated this episode because there's actually four bits or yeah, yeah. Oh god, I didn't even I didn't even notice. (laughs) Um. The the next one is they have to decide who goes shopping. And so Chica decides to play the band word game. Uh, so what this is, is you write down a word and then the other, you give it to the person you're playing against and they have to put it up and, and they can't see it. And if they say it, they lose. The losers have to go shopping. Now, Mayuki and Kaguya want to go shopping together, but Chica's involved too. So he, Mayuki, we see this from his point of view. He wants to get second place, so he needs to beat Kaguya. <laughs> so, you know, so she knows he's better, and he also has to let Chica win. So he writes something he knows Chica will never say. He's like, 
um, what is it? It's what or check it uh, out. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. And he gives it to her. He's like, she'll never say that. And she changes her speech pattern into rap. <laughs> like, yo, yes. yo, yo. Check which it out. Would be perfect. <laughs> which means, yeah, check it out would fit perfectly into what she's going to say. And so he's freaking out. Um, Kagi is trying to not talk at all so that she doesn't she lose. Does. <laughs> uh, but then Chica gets real sad and like starts crying and, and, and complaining about stuff. <laughs> Kagi goes to comfort her and, and says her word. And she goes like, I got you. You're wrecked. <laughs> um, and then Mayuki's like, oh, but I bet there was some truth in that. And I bet Chica really is sad. So I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to play to win this so that Chica feels better. And and then immediately loses. So he gets what he wants. <laughs> yep. Um, I I think it revealed that deeper intelligence that Chica has yes. when it serves her. Um, and I I think that's the important part because there, there's another game that will come across that she's she'll do what she has to do to win. I loved that one too. I did love Chica's expression when she saw her word though. At the very end, they have her they show her turn it around. She's like, oh, I was gonna say that. <laughs> Um, the, the next one is, uh, they need to text and plan to go shopping. So we see from Kaguya who's at home with her, with her maid, um, who uh, we will, file we will, <laughs> basically, who we will, talk, we will talk about later in, in an episode where she gets some more screen time. Mm. Uh, but basically she, 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 she ends up calling Mayuki. Talks to his dad at first, freaks out, talks to Mayuki. He's in the bath, makes her freak out even more. Uh, but eventually, they, they he's up- exposed right now. <laughs> You're talking to an exposed man. Just, just so everyone knows, I love the mate. We'll talk about her more, but I love her. Um, yeah, so they end up texting plans, and it's their first text to each other, and it's like this huge deal for Kaguya, you know, it's like she's treasuring it. Um, but the next day it's raining way too hard. No one can go outside except for he did <laughs> to meet her. He wasn't going to break the date. She sends a text canceling, but then he's like, Oh, well I got my first text from her. So it was cute again. Sure. <laughs> okay. And then, then we have the actual party. And, and I like the setup for this. Cause like Kaguya and Mayuki walk in, she's like, Oh, do you even speak French? She's like, he says a few phrases and he's like, yeah, you know, I've, I did some studying. I got ready for this. And then she goes up to someone, just starts speaking fluent French. And then he realizes everyone here is speaking fluent French except for him. And he's like pulling out the, the book and like, I don't know what to say. Um, and then, okay. So I don't really get this because it never really comes up again. The headmaster is like, this is a test. I, I'm like here to mess with my Yuki and, and freak him out. What yeah. is that? Yeah, I didn't get it either. That was really weird. I, maybe it's because he's a commoner, and I imagine this probably has something to do with, you know, the manga probably explores it, but maybe it has to do with him being a commoner, and maybe the headmaster doesn't think he deserves the position as student council leader. President. Well, I, I thought we'd see more of it. The, the, the reason it's so weird, because at first I was like, okay, I, I, you're going to set something up here, and it just doesn't really come up again. Mm-mm. I mean, we see him again, but just in passing and he never says anything or interacts at all. So I, I really do think it's a manga thing. Yeah. And what you said makes sense. Like, like then this is our elite school. We have a commoner at, in the, you know, in the top spot, I need to, you know, make whittle. sure 
he just yeah. take him out or make sure he's worth it. Worthy. Yeah. So basically, he sends in this French student who is the queen of sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> and she didn't really like this. <laughs> yeah, she goes in there and just starts roasting uh, Mayuki in French, and, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And she's just tearing him apart, and he's just like, "Yep." Wee 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 wee, and she's like, "I'm not affecting him. What is going on?" It's like he doesn't even understand what I'm saying. Uh, and then Kaguya comes up and just destroys this woman. <laughs> Actually, I did like that she came to his defense, even though he didn't know he needed defending. Yeah, um, that was probably one of the more, maybe the only endearing part of this anime for her for me. I also thought it was really funny. I had to look it up. I'm like checking everywhere. What did she say? What did she say? And it's basically Sim speak. Just gibberish. Yeah. With a French accent. Yes. <laughs> French Sim speak. Uh, and then after this scene, Kage actually is worried because she said some really horrible things, which ties into how she used to be. And she's worried that Mayuki saw that side that she's worked so hard to overcome. And instead he thanks her and points out, I don't actually know French. I have yeah. no idea what you said. You're fine. And I actually liked that he was honest with her about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was going to continue to hide it. And uh, I don't know. I, and I think that's where I part ways with love comedies like this and like the Dragon Maid or Otaku is it's that it's that more mature grown up love chase is what I'm more can identify with, I guess. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that was, and that was pretty mature of him to, uh, to admit that. There's, there's definitely a sense through this whole anime that, that I think lowers it in my opinion is that, come on, just, just grow up and say something. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, this is ch- we are being childish. And it's very clear that these are inexperienced young people and there's a reason they are being childish. It's not out of the blue, but it's hard for me as an, a, a married adult man to be like, you know, maybe you should just say something. You know? Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like how when you're trying to solve a problem for the first time and you don't know how to solve it, you're going to stumble around like a fool. But if somebody else has solved that problem and they look back at you, they're just like, come on, it's simple, man. I am bored watching you stumble. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've been in their shoes, but I look back at that. 17 year old man and say yeah. you were an idiot I, uh, I remember me doing that too I can totally identify with this one Jason you were a smooth criminal yeah, for day one yeah. apparently Like, I know what I want I got it <laughs> let's be honest here you want me to <laughs> I I just didn't attempt a lot I think is the problem and then once I did I was just like just gonna go with it we're good <laughs> yeah let's keep going Okay, so now we we come back to that other couple that uh, they're now having issues, and the girl comes to Kaguya for love advice, and she wants to break up. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, so Kaguya starts like trying to give her advice and trying to talk her out of it, and like you know, you just focus on his good qualities. And <laughs> she starts listing all of Mayuki's good qualities. She even listing his bad qualities as good qualities. And the other girl's like, isn't, isn't, "Aren't those bad things?" She's like, "No, they're so cute. Not for me. I don't know anyone like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Quit looking at me like that." Uh, but the important thing here is that love investigator Chica, you know, oh god, it comes on the scene. <laughs> That's good. 
And she points out to them, like, take your man, put him in your head. Imagine him flirting with another woman. That anger you feel, stronger it is, the more you love him. That's where jealousy comes from. And what's funny is you see the girl who's asking for advice and she's like, oh, that that does make me sad. And then there's Kaguya who's just like in this dark cloud of <laughs> miasma and just can't handle it. One of the reasons why sometimes Chica's dead to her. <laughs> Again, this was endearing to me because in the beginning they portrayed it as, you know, whatever. If that girl likes me, I guess I would go with her. And here it, it's very clear. Kaguya is very much feeling things for this guy. And this, again, this was another moment where that attached me to Chica. She's yeah. just like just another nugget of wisdom she's able to give, another problem she's able to solve. It, it's so funny that they took that tropey, ditzy anime girl and basically made her the sage of this show. Yep. So, so. Kaguya is like, hey, here's something that would unite you. Find a common enemy. And she means like homework or a test. And and Chica's like, yeah, like society. <laughs> so she turns them into rebels. Um, but they end up just doing like uh charity work. And yeah. when they go to check on them, Mayuki's also doing that charity work because he's a nice guy who never stops working. Yeah. Speaking of Mayuki, this is this next one is my favorite segment of all of them this is the volleyball one he <laughs> we we see him he's trying to learn to serve there's a volleyball game coming up that he has to play in and while he is athletic like he can ride his bike really fast he has zero hand-eye coordination um and so like he, he'll literally hit the volleyball and it goes into his face instead oh, God. Um, his hand does sometimes he, he's completely hopeless and Chica finds him practicing and she's like, it can't be that bad. And she sees him like knock himself out to the ground. She's like, okay, that's a problem. Uh, and she points out like you literally close your eyes when you jump. Cause to him, what's, he, what's important to him right now is he wants to look cool for Kaguya. So when he jumps, like he's trying to strike this, this image and, closing his eyes. And so she works with him for like a whole day of, you know, open your eyes, he, he trampling jumps, eyes open. Um, and they finally practice and practice and, and he's beaten down. She's beaten down and he finally gets his serve down. And he's like, okay, now I have to learn how to play the rest of volleyball. <laughs> so we jump to a week later at the volleyball game and he's, he's actually doing adequate. He's just good. And my favorite scene is Kaguya says something about how good he looks and Chica's sitting there and she goes, and she's covered in bandages. There's a bandage on her bow yeah. and she's all beat up and she goes, I raised that boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, that that got a belly laugh out of me. That was very funny. <laughs> th th this was just some good physical comedy of of a guy who who wants to impress at sports. And again, he's out of his depth in a lot of things in the school, despite being the number one. He's trying to live up to. <laughs> in fact, he even asks, "I don't want to be great at this. I just need to be average." <laughs> I'm that bad right now. And at one point she's like, you want to just give up? Like you're at the level of someone who's not good. <laughs> you're not a complete imbecile. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the next one, they, they get out early um, from student council and it's raining. And somehow Kaguya's car has a flat tire. She knifed it. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> 
And and you find out both Mayuki and Kaguya have planned for this day. They both knew it was going to rain, and they're both like shared umbrella experience. That's what we're going to do here. So we we come to them both standing outside the school, getting ready to leave, and they're like, "Oh, I don't have an umbrella." She's like, "Well, I don't have an umbrella either." And then they realize. Well, one of them has to have an umbrella for a shared umbrella experience. They both have umbrellas, but they want to share the other person's because that's the that would be the win. Um, and then they start like, wait, wait, wait. You always have an umbrella. You always check the weather. You just suddenly today don't check the weather. And they start calling each other out. Again, Chica comes in and ruins it. She gives a umbrella to Kaguya. Kaguya insists Mayuki take it. He agrees to take half. And they so they both have half ownership of the umbrella and they walk home together under it, even when it stops screaming. I, I think the only part that semi endeared me to this particular scene was when she calls him out that you always bike to school, but you didn't bike today. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, anytime that you get to see uh, a scene that's kind of like a collage of her preparing for the moment, because she's like, I checked for your bike there and I went and did this and I checked the, the weather report and I got all these, these reports figured I knifed out. My own car's I tire. Car's tire. <laughs> I love whenever you get scenes like that. For me, that is, that is what made me fond of her as a character is that she's trying so hard. This scene is what I thought this anime was going to be more of all the time. Like this felt like, plan counter plan strategy you know question everything how do i undo what you just did and and um and then chica ruins it there's a lot less of this than i than i thought there would be that's funny you mentioned that because i think i may have been more uh forgiving of my own tastes uh if 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 it was more of that because yeah I, i do enjoy chica's presence in these problems yeah (laughs) <laughs> and, and I even like the resolution of this one where they end up walking home in the rain. And even after it stops raining, they're not willing to undo what, the, what they've achieved, the success, yeah. the little success they found. Um, so they walk home under sunshine. <laughs> um, then we get to meet. I mean, this is a pretty good character. None of us picked him as our favorite character, but you kind of deserved it. <laughs> Ishigami. He was awesome. He, he is the student council treasurer and he, He's a video game otaku. <laughs> no one really likes him, but he's a whiz with math. And he actually is one of the reasons that the student council is so successful because he helps them so much with computers and, and their finances. Um, so what did you guys think of this guy who we've only seen his shoes as he leaves early so far? Uh, the first time I saw him, I was like, here's my favorite character. Um, and then just the absolute spinelessness of him. <laughs> just irritated the absolute crap out of me and um he's got actually the some of the funnier lines that i almost cracked a smile at um but yeah like every time he's like okay the the, this got me he's like i'm gonna go home and die and then (laughs) uh you know uh uh Miyuki would be like, please don't. It's fine if you go home. Just don't, don't die. Don't die. Don't die. And then that ended up being a theme of people running home to die and him going, please don't die. Yep. Yep. I, I absolutely loved this character. He was, he was like the, the emo, whiny, um, pathetic character that, that just 
was I loved the fact that he was terrified of, K- of Kagane or Kaguya. Kaguya? Yeah. Kaguya. Kaguya. I loved that he was terrified of her and that there was like in, in the, in the episode, I think it is this one, isn't it? Where he's, yeah, he's afraid that, that he sees him in drama class attire. God, I just, I loved those scenes. Every time he'd get terrified of her cracked me up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of depth to the character. He doesn't really go through any changes, Mm-mm. but the running joke of he's terrified of Kaguya because he has accidentally learned her secret um, because no one really pays attention to him. So he like he found her coffee coupons so she could go get coffee with Mayuki one day that she had hidden underneath the table as part of a plan. And he like finds them and takes them and she finds out. And so he's he's so terrified of her. And that running joke to the whole thing is hilarious. But also, like Jason pointed out. He's so socially inept. He's always saying the wrong thing and everyone freaks out at him. And so he just is always, I'm, I'm going home. I'm just, yep. I don't care anymore. I just, I, just, I need to go home. <laughs> uh, that running joke was very funny. So I, I think he's a very funny addition to the show and a very good running gag. While maybe not as a character is that mm. interesting. Uh, so in his first scene is that he wants to quit the student council because he's, sure that Kaguya is going to murder him and for the reasons I mentioned he kind of ruined her plans and has found out the truth about her feelings and as he's mentioning that she's probably an assassin murderer who's going to kill them all she shows up and covered in blood with a knife <laughs> and and she was helping the drama club and then Chica shows up with a knife in her chest because he had mentioned like I think she was going to kill Chica first I've, I've seen, seen the way she glares yeah um, and then Chica shows up murdered again. She was helping the drama. Um, and then as everyone's leaving though, Kaguya comes up to him and she's like, no, but I will kill you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She had been listening at the door the whole time he was talking to Miyuki. And she's like, it's good that you didn't blab or this would be a real knife and I would kill you. <laughs> the funny part is that his fear is completely rational. <laughs> like everyone yeah. else is like, that's weird that you would be scared of that. And <laughs> she's literally threatening his life <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it, it it was pretty funny when they're, they're like, "How does that knife like stuck in your chest?" And she goes, "In a good point." Like, yeah, <laughs> okay. just stuck in the cleavage. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the next one we have Chica's doing basically like personality or psychological tests where you ask a question that's completely random, seems completely random, but it actually will reveal something important about you. Like she asked about. How many of something you flower want? trucks, right? Oh. Or not trucks, but well, that's the how many flowers would you pick? That, that's later. It's I forget what it is, but he reveals like he wants nine, and it's like, oh, you would want nine kids, and Cargill's like nine kids. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's how many cats are in a um a cage? Yeah, it was. Oh, that's um, right. And he reveals nine, and he's like, oh, nine kids. That is how many I want, and she's like, oh my god, Cargill's <laughs> um, <Kagi's> face. <laughs> but what? she goes, she brings everyone into the game. And ask the next question, and we find out Kaguya has read this entire book already, <laughs> knowing that Chica would would eventually stumble yep. across it. Um, and so she knows that this question, <laughs> too. Yep. And she knows the answer of this specific question is who you will like. So she says, Chica, you know. Um, again, I forget the question. Um, and then you says Kaguya. It's who you who do you see in a dark alley? Who you That's see? right. You're you're walking down a dark street. Someone comes behind you. Who is it? Yeah. So again, ha- fearing for his life, he says Kaguya, <laughs> and then um, Mayuki kind of figures out like, okay, there's a tr- there's a trick to this, and so he says his sister. 
then you finds out, they all find out like, oh, that's who you like. And, and poor you. <laughs> no, I'm going home. <laughs> um, and then so Chico wanting to answer her a question too goes online for a random one. Stuff like this is what made me think Chica's a mastermind because I'm like, come on, you, you know that Kaguya, because you just tested her and you know that she knows what's in the book, so you're going online to pick one that she doesn't know. Yeah, uh, yeah but she, yeah, she's the element of chaos that. Yep. Yeah. And, and the question is, how many flowers would you pick from a field of flowers? And that's what it was. She Chica says two, which again kind of emboldens the she's self-centered. Chica cares about Chica. Yes. There's not really anyone she super loves because the answer is how much do you love the person you like? Um, and then Kaguya's is a bouquet, mm-hmm. like a whole bouquet. And then Mayuki's is a truckload. But I think Mayuki was thinking like, I'm going to sell that stuff. <laughs> like that's yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, Kaguya closes the test before anyone can see what that meant. Uh, and so only she knows what the answers meant. And so she kind of keeps that to herself. Then now we do need to talk about the maid because her, we kind of see her. So she, she's interesting. She, during school, she's like this fun, bubbly girl. She paints her nails, her skirts, like barely not regulation kind of thing. And then changes into her maid uniform, becomes super stoic to take care of Kaguya after school. Uh, what did you guys think of Hayasaka, or we can just call her the maid for my my poor self? She seemed to be one of the more anchor characters for the audience, I think. Um, and I think that was a needed or a necessity for where the story was going uh, and how it was developing, uh, which was a good choice. Um, I, as a character, I, I liked her. I, I kind of liked her for the same reasons that I like Chica in the fact that brings that reasonableness to these situations where she, she looks at what Kagi is doing. She's like, you're being an idiot. Just do this thing and everything will be all right. And of course that's, you know, tragedy for uh, Kagi. Uh, yeah. Um, I agree with all that. I think there were some scenes cause she was the maid that was there when Kagi was sick. Right. Yep. So, yeah. And so there's some scenes where I'm like, She's she knows these characters really well, and she's either testing or trusting that nothing bad's going to happen. Like she makes some really strange decisions sometimes, but it either implies a very deep wisdom or a nonchalance. One of uh, the other. I actually for that particular scene, I think it's uh, mischievousness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she's a really interesting character. I wish we had more time because there's that whole, I'm not the stoic, nice maid that I appear to be when you see me in my job, that she is, she's the girl putting on more makeup than all the other girls in school. And like I said, when I, when she lets him into her room, I think she's like 17 year olds should be doing it. (laughs) And I have no problem with them doing it. And I'm here to help that. Um, cause not because that fits the maid persona, but because that completely fits the, her persona, her persona when she's being yeah. her normal self. So, but, but like Jason said, I really like that. She's the one who's calling out like these games you're playing. They're stupid. <laughs> you, you guys are literally keeping each other away from what you both want. And, and this is stupid. 
And that's and that 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 really endeared me to her because, of course, I'm thinking that this whole time. Mm-hmm. So so a, a good character, like I said, I kind of wish we got to learn a little bit more about her and how she fits into Kaguya's life. How, how did she apply for this job and then she chooses that persona because she thinks it fits the job best? Is there a reason all this is like and like she sees Kaguya's mm. father and calls him an a-hole? She's the daughter of a middle manager for for Kaguya's family. Uh, so I think this is just her job because of family. Yeah. Okay. I missed that. Um, so yeah, like I said, we, we see her like get done with school and like, bye friends. And um, then turn into the stoic maid, but she convinces Kaguya to paint her nails. And so we get the fashionable nails with gel and, and some rhinestones on them. And, <sighs> She wants Mayuki to notice, and she's like keeps trying to show them off to Mayuki, and he's just like, "I'm not saying anything," but Mayuki is noticing. He's like, "Oh my god, she looks so cute with those." And I, should I say something? What do I say? And as this is happening, you, the socially inept you, says to Chica, "Did you change your hair condition? <laughs> your hair, your yes. hair shampoo, yeah, hair shampoo. yeah, shampoo or conditioner? One of the three, because yeah. it's it's smelling up the room." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they call yeah. him a creep. So so this like freaks out Miyuki who's like okay yeah definitely don't say things about girls. Don't serve. Yep. Well well what was the line that you brought out in chat Jeremy? It, it's sexual harassment if it's not wanted oh, but it Yes. Oh god that cracked me up so bad cuz it's like oh well, thank you you brought it to today. <laughs> if you observe anything whether it's positive or not it's sexual harassment unless it's wanted unless it's from someone that it's wanted from. <laughs> right. And so it can be the exact same oh. sentence from two different people. Yep. Right. One person it's wanted the other person it's harassment. Exactly. Yeah. I was so appreciative that the anime actually said that. <laughs> and so you goes home uh, <laughs> like he does. Uh at the end, while, while Kaguya is going home and she's feeling his sex is getting ready to cry, she's really upset that nobody, you know, he he didn't notice. He rides up on his bike and he's like, I have to tell you something, but I can't. Never mind. <laughs> he rides away uh, <laughs> and she takes it as a win that yeah. he wanted to tell her something. Because I think, I think he says, I like your, or something like that, but he doesn't mm-hmm. finish it. Yeah. yeah. So with her amazing deductive powers, <laughs> maybe she figured out it's nails. <laughs> um. We get another love advice to scene. This one is the, the same guy back with Mayuki. He wants to hold her hand. And Mayuki's basically like giving him all this super expensive advice and like, get a job. Get a job and, and yes. buy all this stuff so you can. You're for some reason, he's just really pushing the job thing. <laughs> yep. I think he was like recruiting him. Like he needed yes. help with his job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was selfish. That's right. Yeah, he was recruiting another part-timer to help him. <laughs> Because he's like, your hands sweat. You clearly need surgery. You're gonna have to pay for that. You know, I know a job. How about <laughs> I sign you up for that job? But uh, again, love Detective Chica is on the case. <laughs> she walks in and she's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "I want to really with a detective hat." Yep. Yep. And she drags in her Watson. Chisikage, <laughs> you're right. Yep. And she's like, "Well, what's the problem?" He's like, "Well, I want to hold my girlfriend's hand." Then do it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the line that solves all the problems for this entire show. Right. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. And and that advice works for him. Yep. And, um, We got a, a you segment where he's complaining about 
we talk, we learn about like club hierarchies and like the sports clubs are all popular and stuff. And, and he's, you know, he works the budgets for the clubs and he wants to slash all the sports budgets. And, and like he's trying to talk him out of it. He's like, they don't love their girlfriends enough. I have to punish them. Because <laughs> um, all the girlfriends like guys from sports clubs, but he's boring. They, they're not interested in him. So he's jealous. And of yeah. course, Chica wants more budget for her game board, board game club. Yeah. Yep. Now, this is one of the, the funniest scenes in, in this thing. He starts asking, like, what are the, the girls' clubs? And we learned that Kaguya's in Japanese archery and <laughs> Chica's in, in board game. And he, he starts talking about, oh, yeah, Kaguya in archery. That makes sense. You know, she she got nothing here. And he's pointing at his chest. He's like, she's so flat-chested. And you see her, like, just kind of float into view of behind <laughs> him. And Mayuki's like, no, 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 no. And then he starts talking about, yeah, but Chica, she's all big and bouncy. <laughs> Could you imagine what would happen if that bowstring? Oh my gosh. And then Chica floats in the view. And then they do this really funny thing where Chica grabs a paper and she's like, hey, I'm making a fan. Yay. And then just beats the living snot out of him. Yep. And then Kaguya comes up to him afterwards and is like, the good news is Chica will forgive you. <laughs> yeah. Implying that she never will. And then you decides to go home. Uh, and then, yeah, there's a, there's a scene where they're talking about, um, they want Mayuki to join a club and, and Chika wants it for budget. Kaguya wants it for being with him. And, and they're like pulling on his arm and, and trying to get him to join a club. And it just says that his internal monologue is like, I, I there's no way I could join a club. I have jobs, but this feels nice. <laughs> yeah. And so he just, he wins. The narrator tallies the score at the end. He just wins because for this moment he can pretend he's in a harem. He can pretend he's in a harem for a moment. (laughs) I was was hoping they would play more on the she's an archery club and that she's dangerous to you because of being an archery. She does like do uh, martial arts danger to him a little bit later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a chokehold. Um. We get another scene, but this one between Kaguya and Chika talking about how much Kaguya has changed over the years. <laughs> and then Chika starts talking about her dog's <laughs> wiener. <laughs> and we find out... Out of nowhere! <laughs> back when Kaguya learned about doing it, she then decided to take on a bunch of education for herself to figure all that stuff out. But she's at the mental development of like a 13 year old. So things like wiener and boobs and stuff is very funny to her. So um, every time Chica says wiener, <laughs> she starts laughing and controlling me. And she realizes like, this is bad. I'm, I'm vice president. I can't be doing this. And then Chica figures it out. and She just like lays into her wiener, wiener, wiener. Uh, and then Mayuki arrives and Chica's like, oh, I got a good one. <laughs> and she starts trying to get Mayuki to say the word wiener. Uh, but uh, Kaguya is cutting off. So she's like, you know, what's another word for hot dog? Frankenverter. Um, <laughs> and then Chica gets so frustrated that she can't figure this out that she just blurts out, I wanted to make you say wiener. <laughs> and Mayuki like looks at them both and is like, you pervert. <laughs> he runs out, um, and poor Kagi is like, it wasn't me. I didn't do this. Uh, and they start talking about wieners again. <laughs> Mostly Chica starts talking about wieners again. And we see Yu's outside the door listening. And they're saying stuff like, okay, now you do the wiener part. Uh, how many wieners do you think you can do? <laughs> 
wieners coming out of your mouth yeah. constantly. And, and then the nose just explodes. Yeah, with blood. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. It was excellent. It was mwah. It was perfect. This was perfect comedy for my tastes. For, for your taste, yes that, yes. that is accurate. This is where it became like comic artists or manga artists' assistants for me. And loved it. Magnifique. That's why I hated it. <laughs> I found this a really endearing moment for Kaguya. Again, we're seeing her go from stuck-up, spoiled brat princess to someone who... You know, she doesn't come from a world where people say wiener. <laughs> and so she's, she's behind in her social development. And we see this is, a, this is a big step and the way it works. And the, also to see Chica like just literally torturing her. <laughs> and the narrator does a really good job of describing how this is no different than when you have an, yeah, I don't have a kid, but I'm sure you guys can attest to it. When you find something that makes your kid laugh really hard, or even if you're tickling them and you get the laughter response. You dig in. Is yeah. that true? It's fun to see the response. And so you do it to get that response. One of the hardest things about being a parent of a small kid is like, you just want to tickle them all the time. Cause like, <laughs> Hey, automatic laughter. But, but you know, like being tickled mercilessly, it's not actually fun. <laughs> well, they have to breathe. Yeah. So <laughs> no, but when your kid comes up to you and is like, I bet you can't tickle me. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know how it works now. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So for that reason, I I also understood that the the humor made sense the way the narrator explained it. Yeah, I I thought it worked. Um, the next one we meet um, Kay, who is Mayuki's sister, and so Kaguya comes up with this big plan of like I'm gonna befriend her, and this is actually the scene where she imagines like getting invited into the home of Mayuki and joining his family as as part of her plan to get close to him, uh, which I I thought was one of the most telling like scenes of the whole thing about who she really is. But, but she goes through all this stuff of like, okay, I'm going to be her mentor. No, okay. That won't work. I'm going to be her friend. And we find out like Chica's already best friends with her. <laughs> all of the things like even the sis, she even uses like, I, it's my sister, my sis, you know, and, oh God, just cuts her off on every corner. Uh, but then when later when the sister's talking to Mayuki, he's like, oh, I was visiting. That girl is terrifying. <laughs> um, then we come, the finals are coming up and basically everyone just goes into full on lie mode. <laughs> Mayuki's like, you guys shouldn't study. Studying's dumb. You know, you already know what you know. No need to study. <laughs> but only because he has to get first place, right? He needs this spot. So he's literally sabotaging everybody. <laughs> and then is doing the same thing. She's like, yeah, no need to study. I'm not studying. That'd be dumb. And they point out like, Poor Chica doesn't understand that they're like, manipulating. So she's taking their advice and her scores have plummeted since joining the student council. Yep. <laughs> Poor girl. Uh, and then Yu's like, yeah, I'm totally going to study. And he goes home and plays video games. <laughs> uh, when the tests come out, though, um, there's some great scenes about how they're lying to themselves. Like Mayuki's like, I'm totally, you know, whatever happens, happens. And he's like, I could vomit right now. Uh, but he he gets first. My my uh, gets first. Kagi gets second. Chika goes from ninety first to one hundred first, and Yu goes from one ninety seventh to one seventy seventh. So he actually gets better. 
not not on his own on an own initiative though. <laughs> which is which is the next scene, which is we go one week back and we see that um Kaguya actually helped you study, forced him Help. to study. <laughs> yeah. T- tied him up, fed him dried sardines, and then made him study. <laughs> Uh, and the reason she does this, it's not really to help him. It's because that's what student president Mayuki, who she's in love with, needs for the club to run the them run smoothly. So she's like, "I'm I'm gonna help out my man." Yep. <laughs> uh, but there is a nice, yeah, there is a nice scene where some girls come up and are making fun of you for being with her, um, and she actually goes up and is like, "I like being with him." So you questioning me and like makes the girl step off and he was like well now they're gonna talk she's like people talk what happens and then then she nearly kills him for not doing as well as he could have <laughs> which was also fitting because that's a display of her teaching ability <laughs> okay uh this whole next episode i thought were great because all three segments again kind of connect to each other um, and I thought they, it just got better and better. So it starts off with a um, surprise thunderstorm has hit the air. And so, first of all, Chica's freaking out that someone's going to steal her belly button. And I don't know where that, what that would even come from. Is it just a random Either. thing? Or is that a, a folktale in Japan that I don't know? Probably. I think she's just terrified of thunder. But why the belly button? Yeah, that, I, there's no logic in that. Yeah, I, I do think you're right about folktale. It probably comes from some other story that we're not familiar with. Yeah, it seems so specific. That I was like, it, it's weird. <laughs> She's picking the belly button. Um, but Kaguya wants to get Mayuki to ride home with her because she knows, he, you know, he, he brought his bike. He, the trains all get canceled. Uh, so she's like, okay, this is my opportunity. So she, she gets Chica literally out of there using the thunder and lightning to drive her out so that she can't chaos element removed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayuki goes to the bathroom. So she, she finds out the, the trains are running again. So she's like, okay, I can't let him find out. So she swaps out his cell phone battery with a dead But she's one. prepared for this moment, yes. Yes. like way even before the storm. Like she was like, just in case there's at some moment I need to replace his battery with a dead one, I'm going to store this here. And it's like, this long-term planning paid off. Yeah. yeah. Like, if I need to cut off his connection to the rest of the world, that kind of sounds a little scary. Yeah, yeah. This this particular planned event was not for tonight. It was done yeah. way earlier. Yeah, it's like villain territory here. I loved it. <laughs> Again, this is what I was here for. So I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> so, so she, she kills his phone. Um, and then she leaves and goes and waits by her car for him to come out. Like, I got this, leaving him with no other options. Right. <laughs> so she's standing in the rain and her maid's like, um, if he's in the car, how do I get home? <laughs> you gotta walk. <laughs> I hope karma gets you, madam. <laughs> I do love the way that the maid will literally talk crap talk to her, to her, to her yeah. face. Yeah. Um, even, you know, points out what a brat she is and stuff. Mm-hmm. But so she's, she's standing there in the rain, re- waiting for him to come out. And then like a screaming banshee, he goes by on his bike, just into the storm. <laughs> ah! Splashes her with water, soaking her wet as he just 
goes on to the night. I, I love that the karma of everything that she set up and how much she manipulated the situation bit her in the butt. I was so into and, and she points out to the maid, like, I already called you a taxi. Karma didn't need to get me. <laughs> yep. It caught me off guard when he screamed by on the bike, so that actually made me laugh really hard. <laughs> I didn't know where this was going, so that was very funny. But there is consequences to this. Because she got soaked, she gets sick the next day. And it turns out when she gets sick and feverish, she turns into a babbling idiot. Baby? <laughs> a baby, basically. Yeah. Babyish. Um, so the other student councils learn the next day that she's sick and they want to have someone go visit her. And so they decided to play a game to decide who it is. And everybody except you. I'll get this. Why? Wants... Because, because she's they such... all show up at the same time, it would be overwhelming. Yeah, they, they come to that conclusion. And there, there's also there's this... Um, Chica says she's seen her sick before she and that she acts like a baby. And so this is this girl that's always in control, always has icy cold glares, and she's going to be cute and babbling. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, my God, we have to see this. So Chica's like, no matter what, I'm winning. So they, they play this game. They play concentration, right? Yeah. I just I didn't get why they decided they needed to play a game. Why couldn't one person go in, visit, come out, and then the next person go in or the next person go the next day? I'd, yeah. Anyways, go. Oh, on. I think it was just because it was a one visit period. Like you weren't going to take turns. Yeah, I'm that, guessing proper that is weird kind of thing. Yeah. Um, hmm. Us, us lower social class would never know. Yeah, exactly. We don't understand the elites. Um, yeah, so, so they play this game, which is basically just a matching card game. And and at first, when they put it out, he's like, "Chica, these are marked cards. <laughs> you're you're cheating." She lost five points right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, because she sets up the rules and is like, hey, if you're caught cheating, he's like, wait, what's a rule of getting caught cheating yeah. into this game? Well, and like normally you'd think if you're caught cheating, you lose. But if you're caught cheating, you you lose five points. <laughs> so she she puts out new cards and they start playing with those. And he's doing well, but he starts losing to Chica. Chica's like, ha, I got this. And he realizes these cards are kind of marked too. And <laughs> she's using them in a pattern. And she was doing something where she like, she was moving the cards whenever she'd pick them up and lay them back down so that it's harder to memorize where they are. But yet she was still getting matches. And he realized that way she put them down was actually pointing to their value. So she would always know what they were. So he ends up winning. Uh, and she poured. Chica has to run out crying <laughs> as they Actually, they're cheating. It's pretty pretty great because they tied eighteen to eighteen, but she had negative five points from cheating. Yep. What's really interesting is that Chica's in the board game club, so it makes you wonder how often she cheats there. That's a good point. Yes. Um, and then we get the scene of Mayuki going to visit. Uh, and, and he, and one of the reasons that it became so important to him, because at first it was like, oh, I'm going to get to see her like in a state of undress and who knows what she's going to want me to do. Yeah. And like, this could get really hot and steamy. But then he kind of realizes, wait, how'd she get sick? Wasn't there something I drove by on my bike? <laughs> oh no. So he, he wants to do this out of, out of, out of honor and duty for realizing that he caused it. Mm. So he goes and the maid, the maid makes him go inside and makes him see her. And she's like on the floor with scissors, cutting stuff up and looking for fireworks. I want fireworks. Which actually ties in later. Yeah, it does. Oh my God, that just hit me. Yeah. Are you kidding? 
It didn't hit me until now either. And I even had to review my notes before we recorded. So yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Maybe I have a fever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, she wants to see fireworks. They put her back into bed and the maid's like, hey, I'm just going to leave you in here. No one is going to come check for like three hours. Don't do anything to her. These room is soundproof. Don't do anything to her. You could literally do anything you wanted to her and get away with it, but don't do anything to her. She's like closing the door really slowly. And as she's still talking, you're just seeing her one eye. <laughs> yep. I think she's just trying to be a good wingman. here. <laughs> I guess she knows what, what uh, Kage really wants. Yeah. I mean, and so, they they start talking a little bit and you know she is acting like an idiot she's basically a feverish idiot mm. um and they, but she apologizes for the way she he treats her or she treats him he apologizes for getting her sick and then she pulls him into her bed <laughs> um and what i really appreciate about it, like like nothing actually happens obviously but that he falls asleep because he's so tired and and I've been thinking this whole time like i love how they draw him always looking tired and so when he falls asleep in her bed i was like yeah, I buy that. I've I've bought this guy's exhausted every episode I've seen him, so I'm I totally get that. Yeah, they even put a little like sign with an arrow, sleep deprived. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, again, I, I just want to point out that that's really good character design that, that they carry through is, is plot hmm. intricate and. Um, but yeah, so when she wakes up, no longer feverish, she kind of loses it and beats the crap out of him and. Um, he has to run away. And the maid like pulls out a magnifying glass and looking at the sheets. She's like, nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Sometimes this anime really kind of shocks me a little bit with just how how far it goes. <laughs> yeah, and Kaguya is like in a, in like a, a tank top that's like half falling yeah. down and in like, tiny shorts. Yep. Like it, it was it was it's very like suggestive. Yeah, that something could have happened. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and it's not like it didn't cross his mind too. It's very clear that like that had crossed his mind all the way there. Oh yeah, I mean he even goes as far as to say I was holding myself back, holding myself back, and you know it's it's ambiguous what he means exactly. Um, but it could be as little as holding himself back from a kiss versus holding himself back from complete intimacy. But yeah, so the the next episode kind of deals with the fallout. They're having there's tension. Uh, and, and he's apologizing, explaining nothing happened, and she's accepted that, but they don't feel, he's still upset that, that he got in trouble in the first place and he didn't do anything wrong. She's upset that, in all honesty, he didn't do anything at, at yeah. all. Um, you know, she invited him into her bed and nothing happens. Uh, there's a, there's a scene where they, they fight over a last piece of cake. And they end up almost feeding each other, but Chica steals it. Then they go to friends for advice and end up basically getting bad advice. But he eventually comes to her and confesses, like, something did happen. I did touch you with my finger on your lips. And that actually makes her happy that he did something and it wasn't something horrible. So she touches him on the lips and says, we're even. So they go back to the way things were. Um, and then they decide the summer is here and so they have to decide what that summer trip will be and basically he's like okay I I got a plan I'm going to get Chica 
plan a trip. He's like, Chica, let's do, what about, and she's like, Hey, I'm, let's do a trip. Oh, I am doing a trip. I'm going to Hawaii. And, and I love how Kagi is like, I give up. I just give up. If I, if Chica's, <laughs> she's, she's too much. I can't handle it. She goes brain dead. Uh, but Mayuki keeps trying, but eventually he looks over at you and you was like, I would like to do something. And so they plan to do a summer festival and everyone wants to go. But then she goes like, I, I might not be able to go. And like, well, we're going to go. <laughs> I actually like that. You pointed out like, wait, you don't want us to have fun, but you're going to go on a trip around the world. Like, like, but you don't want us to have fun. Okay. And and she runs out angry at them. And he was like, I'm the worst. And they're like, no, you, you're spot on this time. <laughs> yep. Um, then basically they waste their summer break wishing they were together and not never being together. Um, there's a really funny episode about he starts using Twitter and she, she finds out through her maid and her maid's trying to take a bath and she keeps interrupting the maid like, help me with Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. And like the next time she shows up, I got banned from Twitter already. (laughs) (laughs) That that was pretty funny that That she got banned. Yeah. Um, but it ends up just being that his account is protected. Does she, and she does ask, send the friend request, doesn't she? Um, I thought she did. She said she was only going to, no, she decided she was going to make her own protected account. And Hayasaka's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I think that's how it ends. Yeah. Like, I don't remember a resolution for that one. Mm. Um, uh, Okay, then there's the ramen one, and you guys love the ramen. Shika returns from her trip and goes to a ramen shop, and it's it's told from the point of view of like a ramen connoisseur who watches her eat her ramen and is like, no, what an amateur, and then it's like, wait, maybe it's genius. Yes, no, I love the. Uh, she ordered the noodles super firm. What an idiot! And then like. Did she account for them stretching out? Oh my god! I should have known. <laughs> yep. So, so, so I think you guys have separate reasons. So real quickly, what did you love about the ramen scene? So for me, I'm a bit of an amateur foodie, and I also I love ramen. And so not only all the things they were talking about, I kind of got, but like, um, she. So for one, she put her hair in a ponytail, which was great. Uh, cause we'd seen it down this whole time. And so it kind of gave it, I, I like the look of it with the ponytail, but, um, also just them critiquing her silently. Uh, even the chef was. Yeah. And then but. she's just like, ah, oh, that was delicious. And like, and they all give thumbs up. And then she just obliviously walks out as if she, she, yeah. she has no idea what's happening. <laughs> all right. I'm cool. <laughs> Thank you for the thumbs up. Yeah, for me, um, it has to do with um, perception versus intention and just how absurdly different those two things can be. The fact that she's just coming in there to have a meal of her favorite food and maybe she's just randomly picking things off the board and it just happens to coincide with what he wants. Or maybe this is something that she's had before and she likes it. It's a great combination. Maybe she's making decisions spur the moment at the end with the garlic. She does kind of look over at it like, Oh, yeah, there's garlic there. Hmm. You know, maybe that was a momentary decision she made. And yet this observer who has spent so much time and has so much invested in understanding how everything balances out to make the perfect ramen dish. And it's so perfect and it's so deep and complex. And then, you know, attributes all of that 
to her as if she did that. And I, I see that as a reflection in so many things when it comes to people's perception versus the reality of intention. <clears throat> Personally attack. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I loved it because it was like the anime was pointing out how much that happens in an absurd situation. Yep. Those are both very good points. When I watched it, it went right over my head. I was like, I, okay, Why is I, this, I, here? this is a weird segment. All right, moving on. Nope. <laughs> And then later, the taxi driver is like one of the four kings of ramen for yes. some random reason. Yeah. Um, Which, why are there four kings of ramen? I don't know. I have no clue. So, so three weeks have passed in the summer. It's, you know, coming closer and closer to the end. They haven't done anything with each other. They're literally just sitting around waiting for the one plan they made to show up. Um, because they won't call you, text each other. Which, right. Yeah. They're both too stubborn. Whatever. Uh, which is called out that they are both too stubborn to do that. And um, stupid. Yep. And actually, they cut, they both come up with the same plan at the same time that what if I just went to the school? Maybe randomly they would be at the school too. And, but they miss each other by like two minutes. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they were right, but then they both agree that summer is just being too long. Uh, and then we get another quick segment, segment post credits, I think, where Kaguya is summoned by her father to go home and she has to cancel a day of shopping with all her friends that she had, you know, the one other thing she was going to do that summer. And when she gets there, her father walks by and is like, Oh good. You're here. And, and leaves. And that's, that's literally all she was summoned for. Mm-hmm. But in our final episode, she's, she's fine with that. She's like, that's just the life of, of what I have and, and what I've been sentenced to. But, I have found something new and valuable and it's going to be seeing the fireworks, my friends and the first guy I've ever liked. And that's all going to be great. And then her butler slash bodyguard is like, no, you're not going out. You like, you keep getting into crazy situations and that we're just going to stay in from now on. Yeah. Your father has decided that you've made a bad impression. It didn't even sound like she asked the father. She said, like, what if your father found, what if something happened and your father found out? We're she, not going to put that risk out there. It, she specifically mentioned it was a too high a security risk because they wouldn't have the personnel to be able to watch her in such a big crowd. Mm. Um, I hated it, but I was paying attention. Okay. Good <laughs> job. Uh, highest, so we see a, a, a tweet get sent out from her account that says, I wish I could have seen, see the fireworks with my friends after she's already canceled. And Mayuki sees that text or the tweet is like, okay, then. And he gets on his bike and he takes off. We see that the maid is the one who sent the tweet. And then she goes up to Kaguya and she's like, you're, you're going to go. You're going to, we're going to get you out of here. And they have like a zip line preset up <laughs> for her to escape. They dress the maid up in a costume. So she looks like Kaguya. And Mayuki comes to the house, sees the fake Kaguya, realizes it's fake. He's like, okay, I get what's going on. And he takes off. She's in a cab. She can't make to the fireworks in time, goes on foot, doesn't make it, and starts to cry in an alley that, you know, she even says, like, I prayed to God, but there is no God. (laughs) She's so upset. Um, Mayuki finds her in the alleyway. She's like, how do you find me? He's like, compared to everything else I have to outsmart you with, this was nothing. Um, 
and he takes her. They have the same cab driver ready to go. Her friends are there. They're like, they're, he, he, and Mayuki says, there's one fireworks thing that got delayed due to rain. And if we hurry, we can probably make it. <laughs> and the taxi driver's like, okay, guys, we're going full speed. <laughs> And they go into uh, an underwater tunnel and they come out right in time to, and the fireworks start going off and they're all pressed up against the windows and Kaguya doesn't see a single one because she, she can't take her eyes off of Miyuki. Um, she can't even hear the fireworks as her heart's beating so loud. And this was a very sweet, nice moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have things to say about this ending, but this was a sweet, nice moment. Uh, and then we go back to school and <laughs> poor Miyuki... He's been reliving that night over and over and realizing, oh, my God, I I said a lot of things. There was a lot of stuff I did. I was, like, just yelling out lines. And they point out, like, he was so emotionally deprived from not seeing her that he just kind of got overwhelmed. And he was, like, full-on action mode. And now that he's replaying over in his head, he's like, I am an idiot yeah she probably thinks game (laughs) yep she probably thinks i was an idiot and and he's really worried about what she's going to think of all that stuff and then she shows up and she won't even look at him and it's because now her crush has reached a whole new level and she can't bring herself to even look at him so they keep trying to like okay i'm just gonna walk over there and talk to to them and they walk to each other and they just pass by and they walk to each other and they just pass by and they're like this happened like three times. What is going yeah. on? I'm going to go over there and I'm just going to talk to them. And they do it. And then Chica notices it's happening. She starts like thinking it's a game, joining in. Make an asterisk now. That was pretty funny. Oh, we're going to make a triangle. So you shows up and, and she's like, nope, we don't need you here. You get out of here. You're ruining the game. <laughs> and he was like, I guess I'll go home. <laughs> and then they kick Chica out as well. And she finally comes up and talks to him and says, I need to tell you about that. night." she wants to say thank you. But she accidentally hits him with the broom and says, oh, that was painful. And he hears, I need to tell you that was painful. Thinking about the night, he's like, oh, my God, I'm right. I was an idiot. So he runs out of the room. She's like, wait, no, I still need to tell you something. So she chases after him. And we just kind of get a quick epilogue as they run by everyone. That's the end of the the show Um, is them running out as the crowds kind of follow. It yep. was really disappointing to me that there's no resolution, no move forward. I, I, I'm fine with a season two, but I would have liked to be in the season two be like, okay, this person confessed, so they're the loser. But now, who's the first one to like take them on a date? That's the next game, right? For the game to evolve. And I get will will they, won't they is is a big thing, and it's the whole premise of the the comedy. But man, I hate it when things just stall like that i just can't they're really disappointing for me your guys thoughts oh yeah disappointing for me too you, you really wanted them to get together it was written for him <laughs> it, it you walk into it you have to take it <laughs> no, no no you're you're absolutely right because that i think it may have been a little more palatable if there was some sort of resolution and the fact that there was no resolution Felt like I was watching a really crappy harem anime where the guy doesn't make a decision on which guy he wants to be or which girl he wants to be with. Hmm. I think for me, I saw it as, oh, I get it. This anime is um, a situation that is somewhat contrived in the sense that each time there are so many possible solutions and, and there's so many ways that either one of them could just 
accidentally reveal their feelings or intentionally reveal their feelings and the whole jig would be up. So it's kind of contrived to just keep retaining it episode after episode after episode. And so it didn't, it wasn't too difficult for me uh, to deal with it continuing to do that and planning to go into setting up another season just to retain that same homeostasis of what the joke's going to be. And because there's a lot of ways that they could still play it from different directions. And since they are only second years in high school, they've got plenty of time left to really kind of wring this joke out for all it's worth um, before they're done with semesters. So if they make each semester a season, I could totally see a lot of longevity in it and them very slowly, inch by inch by inch, growing up and developing into having a relationship and then reaching the stages of like what you described, Troy, of, you know, having to make other decisions and concessions and how to deal with the, the greater complexities. Um, so it, it, it didn't bother me too much. I was a little bit sad that it kind of undid it, but I liked the fact that they ran um, where he's kind of fleeing from her under a misconception and she's chasing after him, trying to solve the problem. But at the same time, we know that she's too afraid to be honest herself. And so it kind of is symbolic of their entire, the entire season and the entire premise of the story is just that chase itself. Um, because like we've mentioned before, she's put so much effort into setting up scenarios. She's been chasing him this whole time. Yeah. He's been reactive. He hasn't really put as much most of the time into setting up scenarios. So I did like that aspect of it, but no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as satisfying as it could have been. It would have been nice to see them, you know, review. Yeah. I did. I did like Kaguya's character arc, but that kind of ended with the whole fireworks scene, right? That she got to get what she had been wanting and that she, it was social interaction and not some fancy school or accolade. It was just being with her friends. And that in that moment, she realized what she really was important to her, which is, you know, this guy that she's in love with. But then the, again, this scene, uh, I agree with you, Jeremy. Mm. Okay. Um, that ends us with this anime. So let's do our reviews. Jeremy, what, what are you going to give it? I'm actually going to give it a four. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of the jokes. <laughs> a lot of the jokes way more than I thought I would. I did not like when the first three uh, episodes were done, I thought for sure I was going to give it a high two. Um, but by the time I was finished with it, it had really endeared itself to me. So yeah, a four for me. All right, Jason, how about you? Uh, it was no Kisniver, so it's definitely a two. <laughs> um, I didn't. I can't wait for Kisniver season two. It just, <laughs> just you do that to me, and we're gonna have some problems. Keep bringing it up, then. You know, see what happens. <laughs> Keep poking that bear. <laughs> okay, it was no comic artist. Um, but it, you know, it, for a cute romance comedy i you know i can see where people would really enjoy it i just didn't it wasn't for me um but yeah it's two for me it, it took some time to get going or for me to maybe understand where the characters were coming from you know the, i think it's really easy to get some false perceptions in the beginning um and like i said I, i'm at a phase in my life where this is Stuff is pretty far away. It's something I did experience, so I can relate to it a little bit. But it's also like, man, kids are dumb. 
when they first start falling in love. But that's also kind of the point of the anime. Uh, I'm going to give it a high three, I guess. That, you know, it's it's not something I'm wanting to watch season two of, but it's not something I, I, I'm upset we watched. I, I enjoyed it. I had my laughs. It was good. All right, so let's talk about this next anime. It is called Magical Girl Spec Ops Asuka. Jason, what is this? <laughs> is this the one you sent us the trailer for before? May have. So, yeah, imagine uh, Sailor Moon and her team gets inducted by special ops government to yeah. take out uh, terrorists. Okay. This is what I hoped release the spice and double decker would be more like. Yeah, no, this gets pretty gritty pretty fast. Um, have you, have you I, seen any of it already? I, I, I watched the first episode. The animation is definitely under budget of a lot of the anime we've watched. Um, but the voice acting is good. The, uh, pacing feels all right. I mean, for, for a first episode. Yeah. And, um, I really, I really like the premise. Huh? So. All right, that's what we're watching next, and we'll be talking about that in two weeks. Let's. Oh, I needed to tell you how to contact us because honestly, the the important part of the show is that you guys take what we just said and and tell us why we're wrong. Um, so, yeah. if you have thoughts on, especially, actually, I, I actually <laughs> would love to hear thoughts on this, especially from people who who were in love with it even more than us. Yeah, from. from Get go. Um, so if you have thoughts on this anime, uh, our Twitter is at Baka Podcast, our email, the anime Baka Club at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment wherever you found the podcast and it'll get to us and we will get back to you. Uh, thank you all for those who leave comments. We do appreciate them. Uh, all, for YouTube, like, subscribe, ring the bell, stomp your feet, clap your hands, turn around, smash it, hit the street. All right, let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Sayonara.